You're listening to Market Scale Transportation. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I'm having a conversation with Alex Azarito, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for the Logistics Company. Alex, how are you today? I'm doing good, sir. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thanks for asking. Um, do me a favor. Give me a little bit of your history. How exactly did you wind up at the logistics company? Yeah, so uh, I've been with the logistics company now for three years. Um, I first, I uh, just some background, I played uh, college baseball down in Tennessee, got a psychology degree, uh, came back home uh, to Rhode Island, um, started working on a, uh, on a charter boat for the owner of the chemical company, um, started running the uh, logistics forum. Um, uh, as kind of like a side deal, uh, just kind of clean up his freight, his freight costs. Um, it was, it was starting to get to a point where they had no one overseeing their freight spend. Um, and me only with a psychology degree, um, didn't know anything about it either. So researching Google, um, pretty much going to yellow pages and trying to figure out, um, you know, carriers to, to benefit the chemical company and to, um, to help them, you know, grow, um, as well as, you know, take care of all their freight. Um, so that's how the logistics company came along is that the owner wanted to have a company that was solely based on running his freight as well as growing to, um, you know, help out other companies as well because he saw that in the marketplace that a lot of these people within the chemical industry um, worried about chemicals. They did not, you know, worry about their freight and how, how to move the chemicals. So. Um, that's how the logistics company came along. Um, so we do everything from liquid bulk, LTL, full truckload, drayage, international, domestic. And uh, we handle everything for the chemical company as well as um, other chemical uh, distributors um, and companies in the, in the industry. All right. So that's a pretty interesting mix you got going there. Psychology degree, kid from the Northeast, plays baseball in the South. You go back and you seem to have, it sounds like you kind of have a a knack for organization and and recognizing inefficiencies and sort of approaching those which i would imagine comes in handy in the in the sales and marketing side of what you do on a daily basis yeah 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 absolutely i mean there's a lot that goes into it i mean uh, if anything psychology would probably be one of the best degrees within the um you know logistics industry um, there's a lot of stress that's involved you, you know you're meeting all different types of personalities you're talking to drivers day in day out so you really get a good feel of, um, you know, how the industry works just by because, you know, the people who you deal with, you, you, you have to be able to, you know, adjust, um, you know, and make sure you're using, you know, the proper, uh, how do you put it? I guess trying to, I guess, you know, match personalities and making sure you're not, you know, you're asking the right questions and not, you know, being too, too long or too short um, to kind of answer your question. It sounds like maybe I should go back and get a psychology degree because I now have a teenage daughter, and it sounds like that would be very helpful. Yeah, uh, if, if psychology taught me anything, it taught me um, not how to read people, but more about patience. You know, being able to to understand and patience and, and and deal with people, you know, on a daily basis. You know, it's interesting that you that you mentioned patience because that's the next direction I wanted to go. I wanted to talk about the way that the transportation industry is changing, and. It seems like on one side we're getting really efficient, but on the other side, we're starting to see a backup or a backlog. Patience has to be applied to both sides of this industry right now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what, my colleague, Josh Savory, uh, he, uh, me and him, that's all we talk about is just having patience. I mean, the, the amount of stress you're dealing with, with, um, with especially with the new, 
the new technology systems that are putting in the trucks, um, as well as, you know, guys breaking down, showing up, you know, late for loading, showing up late to a shipper. Um, a lot of these customers that we're dealing with are trying to keep low inventories. So that's, uh, that's patience within itself, making sure that, you know, you're not running into plant shutdowns. And I mean, um, it, it definitely is, um, when it comes to patience, you, you definitely have to, you know, take things with a grain of salt, not take it. Um, you know, it's more of a, it's more of a business aspect than you taking things personally because you physically are not there running the truck. Um, it's all about communication, 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 communication. And that, that really, um, that really helps me on a daily basis to, to deal with patients. Well, one of the things I know that you have to deal with in the industry is just the simple matter of trucks. You just don't have enough. You know, I wouldn't say it's not enough trucks. It's more of not enough drivers. Um, the average age of a truck driver right now is 67 years old. So, Whoa. you know, these up, these upcoming millennials and all these, um, you know, the younger, younger aged, um, you know, 25 to 30 years old, um, and even, you know, 18 to 21, I mean, there's not many people that are saying, I want to make a living driving a truck with the amount of technology and computer systems and video games and, and more of, a, um, I guess the, the technology aspect of things, it's, it's becoming, it's becoming a lot harder to, to, to find guys and girls that want to drive trucks. So do you think that is just more of a, a social sort of cycle that we're going through right now? This, maybe this generation? I think, I think it does. I think, uh, I, I've done a lot of research. I mean, I've only been in the industry now for a few years. So you, you really get to learn from a lot of these, um, these older dispatchers, guys in their 50, 60, 70 years old, that, you know, this is their life, you know, that they've been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years. And, uh, it, they, they talk a lot about it, a lot of ebb and flows. So that, you know, there's high capacity, low capacity, high capacity, low capacity. So it's always ever changing. Um, I hope it changes for the better. I hope, I hope there's more people that want to drive trucks. Um, but uh, where we're at right now, uh, I don't, I don't see a lot of hope in that, you know, just, just, you know, the amount of, for instance, you hear a lot of, of, of guys talking about load, load to truck ratios. Um, we were dealing with loads out in Texas. There were 500 loads per one truck at one time. Um, and that was going on with all the hurricane issues that we were dealing with in the, you know, during hurricane season. And, and now we have produce season right around the corner, fertilizer season right around the corner. So it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely going to be a challenge this year. Well, let's talk about technology because these trucks are like space station these days. They are so incredibly advanced. And I think it's an appropriate point to make. They're getting to the point where within the next decade, they're going to be able to navigate and drive themselves. So finding a way for people who've been in the industry for a long time to maybe get a new task in the industry or find a new place so they can continue working in this industry that they have such institutional memory about, that's got to be something that you consider, uh, that you take personally. Yeah, definitely. Um, don't quote me on this, but it's somewhere in Europe. I want to say Germany or maybe even Norway. They have, um, they have already um, gone through and, and done the driverless trucks. Um, and have turned out, uh, pretty well, um, and actually, um, you know, doing the short, short hauls in and out of the ports and such. Um, that's a, if I can find that article, I'll send that over to you. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing of the future. Uh, I never, you know, growing up, I was never a fan of technology and smartphones, but, um, 
right now it's 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 great because you know exactly where these trucks are um you know we can give your customer uh, you know updates um as 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 much as they want them um and you can really track um you know how many hours these guys have to drive and 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 you know vice versa well and that's an interesting sort of transition um you because it driverless trucks aren't going to be here so soon that they will force drivers that are still within you know an age where they can safely perform their craft but as they start to go into retirement and the younger generation just doesn't rush to become truck drivers self-driving trucks seem to be the next logical evolution but is there a safety concern just from your side with going to an automated truck yeah i i mean i definitely think so i mean i mean just you just drive home every day um, you know, I drive nine miles home and the amount of people you see texting and driving and, and not paying attention or, you know, driving between those lines. Um, you know, if, if the human if the human body cannot focus, you know, for that short amount of time, um, you know, can a computer do it? I mean, with the amount of, I guess, human error that's out there, um, is, it, is there a technology good enough that's going to be able to, I guess, drive, you know, being able to drive around, you know, humans? That's because uh, I, I mean, I honestly think if it was robots with robots, you know, because that's basically what they would be, these driverless trucks, uh, I think they wouldn't be a problem. Um, you look at a lot of trains today, you know, there's, there's very, very few people running, um, you know, hundreds of containers on trucks uh, on, uh, uh, over the rail. Um, so, I mean, I, I would love to see it. Um, I think it would, it, would, it would definitely clean up, you know, a lot of the highways and a lot of the traffic issues that you see, um, as well as accidents, um, you know, having, having these driverless trucks. So now in your position, you don't just manage domestic, you manage international business. How do you juggle that? What has to be a massive amount of regulations that you have to tap dance through? How do you manage all of those? Yeah. And the, the regulations are always changing, you know, making sure, um, you know, you're in, um, you're meeting the, the requirements for air freight, meeting the requirements for, you know, putting stuff over the ocean for vessels, over the road, over the rails, because the rail, um, you know, the rail capacity over in Europe, you can put a lot more over the rail uh, versus over the, you know, the rail here in the U.S. as well as the roads. And, you know, you know, most of the time we're never really exceeding 20 metric tons of product per truckload. Um, you know, when you get over, you know, when you get overseas, you know, you see it over, you know, all the time, 22, 24 metric tons. Um, just because maybe the infrastructure for the roads are better, but, um, it's, 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 it's a lot of research. Um, we, you know, we, I, I go to classes for it, um, you know, especially for the hazmat, um, hazmat classes, you have to have a certification, um, every few years. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of research and, uh, you know, there's a lot of great books out there that you can get into. Um, and, and just to make sure, you know, you're kind of covering, you know, covering all your, uh, all your aspects to make sure you are, you know, abiding by all those laws. Have you seen a truck recently, maybe in a trade magazine or on the internet, and you thought, oh man, and that truck is just like the shiniest, most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And for a moment you thought, huh, I could be a driver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lately, you know, I've been really thinking about it um, too. Cause I mean, it, when, I, when I think of trucks driving on the road, I kind of think of like Optimus Prime, 
You know, if I could, if I could, if I could have, <laughs> if I could be a truck driver, I'd, I'd, I'd want to be off in his prime driving around that, you know, in that rig, you know, what a rig he's got. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's definitely because I just want to, uh, it's, it's, it's more of from a, from a business standpoint of wanting to be able to jump in that truck and also, you know, see, see, see the life of these guys, how they're, you know, the long haul guys, the short haul guys, the guys are just doing little, you know, short little, you know, local runs, you know, 100, 200 miles every day. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, that intrigues me. Let's talk about drivers just for one more, one more second. Have you noticed in the past few years that drivers are starting to take a little bit better care of themselves, just trying to eat better as they can, which has to be impossible to do on the road, but to, you know, to help maintain their levels of being alert and they're getting sleep. And do you find guys trying to be more conscious of that? I wouldn't say that the drivers themselves are trying to be more conscious of that. I mean, you see a lot of these, uh, you know, when you drive down highways and you look at these rest areas, I mean, these rest areas have everything from showers to, you know, lounge rooms for these guys to come in and watch TV and get Wi-Fi and take naps. So all the amenities are there for them. Uh, we, we have a small uh, 5,000 square foot warehouse up here in Rhode Island um, that we have drivers in and out every day. And uh, it, it, it's cool because it, every driver's different, you know. Um, every single one of them has their own aspect and what they do and what their, you know, and what their, uh, you know, what their little tricks of the trade are. But a lot of them you see, uh, you see, they want to get out, they want to walk around, they want to talk to people. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't say a lot of the drivers that we see on a daily basis are uh, out of shape. I mean, a lot of them are, you know, they, they, you know, they look, they look like they, you know, they eat healthy, you know, they, you know, they're, they're somewhat fit. But sitting down, you know, 10, 12 hours a day definitely, uh, definitely has to, you know, kill you slowly. So let me ask you this as a final question. You get a three-game weekend set, any ballpark in the country, right behind home plate or behind the dugout if you're a dugout guy. Where are you going? I'm going to Fenway, and I'm going to see uh, Yankees Red Sox. Oh, nice choice. That is a good choice, my friend. Throw a couple of Red Hots, a couple of dogs in there, and you're set, right? Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today, Alex. This has been really interesting. Today I've been talking to Alex Azarito. He is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for the Logistics Company. Alex, thanks so much, my friend, and good luck on that road trip to Fenway. Awesome, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.